Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, Unstuckers. Josh here, as always, joined by my co-host, Chell. Say hey, Chell. Yo, guys, what's up? We are back at you with another glorious episode of the Unstuck Institute podcast. And this week, we thought it would be a good time, as any, especially in these unprecedented times, to talk about resilience. We did. And we are. You know, like grit, like... Bouncing back like I get knocked down and I get up again. And you're never going to keep me down? Never going to keep me down. Thank you, Chow. I appreciate you being on that. Thank you, Chumba Wumba. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to quote the great philosophical stylings of Chumba Wumba. Yeah, so resilience, not only is it uh, possibly for some people an extra necessary skill right now uh, in these times, but throughout business ownership in general, um, it is quite the skill to uh, to navigate and master. I'm still not a master myself, but I, I do work on it a lot consciously. <laughs> I think it's really important, especially for solo entrepreneurs because you are not only the janitor, the mastermind behind it all, but you're also the person that people interact with. So you have to take all of their shit when they're coming at you and they're not happy. Um, so you need to figure out a way to keep yourself calm during those crazy situations. Um, and that's where resiliency is built. Yeah. No matter, no matter what, how smooth your business goes, um, there are going to be challenges. There's going to be stress, and it's all a question of how how do you handle that stress, and can you bounce back, and can you bounce back quickly too? Because I think most everyone, pretty much, can bounce back. But some people, you know, they got to wallow for quite a while, and if you wallow in despair of whatever's going on, whatever's causing you. Um, negative thought cycles, et cetera, for too long, your business is not going to move forward. So it's a, you know, everyone gets knocked down. down. (laughs) Everyone will get knocked down, but it's how quickly you can get up again. That really matters. Um, And in these times, especially, you know, we have a whole new set of problems and stress and fears and anxiety that is, uh, creeping into our daily lives. Um, So even if your business is doing fine, I've been noticing, I don't know about you, Chell, we haven't talked about this, but I've been talking to my friends and myself included. Just all of a sudden in the last couple weeks, I think, uh, for a lot of people, the stress dreams have become very um, vivid (laughs) and very prevalent. Um, And I I personally go in and out of dreaming or remembering my dreams like all the time. But lately, it 
just been some bizarre but always stressful shit going on in my dreams. I've been talking to some friends who are like, yeah, me too. And just in the last couple of weeks, like the first month of quarantine is not a big deal. But now (laughs) we're still here and I'm still stressed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, completely agreed. And I have the exact same thing. So some days I remember it, some days I don't. But when I do, it's super weird. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, and I think... At least for me, you know, my my version of this quarantine in my life has not been um, too terrible. I'm fortunate to say I haven't, you know, lost anyone I've I've known to this virus. I I haven't uh, lost my job completely or anything like this. Um, but there's just been this like low level stress that's just been there the whole time, and I think it just compounds, and so. The longer we're in this, the the more chance it has to compound. And now it's coming out in my dreams. And I'm like, oh, God, I am stressed. So <laughs> it's a great day to talk about resilience and uh, remind myself, as well as you all, how, how to, uh, or strategies to cope with all this stress and anxiety and fear and make sure you can uh, get back up again, Chumbawamba. If you say it too many times, then you just can't cut it out. That's that's my goal with this stupid <laughs> reference. Just keep referencing it, and you can't easily edit it out. <laughs> so with the negative thought cycles, I send myself into these when I get negative feedback. And I had a client late last year into early this year that I ended up firing. Um, but everything, it was it wasn't even like a oh, what do they call it? Like a negative sandwich, like where you say something nice, say something negative, say something nice. Mm -hmm. It was just straight up rude every time. And there was always something negative every week. Um, And I'm definitely one who internalizes that. And like, we'll say something initially, but then just like internalize it for hours. And then you just like think about it and think about it. And then you, for me at least, I hate doing it again the next week. So then like when I have to go to that person's house the next week, I'm just like, ugh. And then I feel like that's reflected in the food because I'm like giving negative giving negative energy out. And like that's obviously reflected in my work, which is why I just kept getting more and more negative comments from this woman. Um, yeah. And like it was it was terrible. One week I didn't vacuum her floor well enough. That's not part of my job description. I clean the floor. I clean the schmutz that I leave on the floor, but I do not need to vacuum your floor. So the way I broke through that negative cycle, once I realized that it was taking me to such a level of anxiety that I couldn't control and didn't control well, is I got rid of the client. And that is a totally acceptable way to do that. I did build resiliency through it because, I mean, I didn't let it stop me the first couple of times, but if you reach that breaking threshold and you're not doing work or you're not doing the task that you need to be doing 100%, just let it go. And you're going to feel so much better. Yeah, I 100% agree. I've been in so many situations where you get wrapped up in the in the battle of whatever it is, you know, I'm right, they're wrong, etc. And then you realize, like, at the end of the day, this doesn't fucking matter at all. <laughs> and if you, if you let yourself accept the loss of this battle that doesn't fucking matter, um, instant, instant relief, at least for me. Like, I've been in things where I'm like, no, I it's justice, damn it. I'm supposed to be right here and I'm, they don't see and da, da, da. And as soon as I'm like, 
you know, it doesn't matter. They win, I walk away. I lose a client, I lose a hundred bucks, whatever it is. It's like, oh, you know what's more important than winning that battle? My mental sanity. And as soon as I let it go, um, the the mental cycles pretty much come to a complete stop very quickly. It's like moving on. Yeah. And the rest of my day is so much better than it otherwise would have been. I'm the same way as you with the, with the mental cycles, anything that happens like that, it just, it gets in my brain, but also sits like in my chest or in my belly, like, in a like weighty kind of way. It's like, Oh, why, why do I feel this way? And then I'm reminded, Oh, right. Cause that client said something bad about me. <laughs> But that's also not to say that, like, you shouldn't take constructive criticism. There's a balance between people who are assholes and say shitty things just to be mean, or they think that they're giving you constructive criticism, but it's really more, I guess, kind of negative. But being resilient through constructive criticism, I think, is is, is extremely important, too, because that helps build you up, right? That, that creates resiliency, um, and that can give you ways to improve, potentially. So if... I'm going to use food examples because that's my life. If the chicken was overcooked um, and they say that, fine. Next time, undercook the chicken a little bit and give them instructions to reheat um, and let them know that the chicken has been undercooked. Agreed. So things like that can can really help better you, better your business, and just kind of get you thinking outside the box. Agreed. If you can take a step back from any feedback you get, and just remind yourself that this feedback is not about, it's not tied to your self-worth. You're going to have a much better ability to evaluate that feedback and either decide that it's invalid, which some of it is. The customer is not always right. And or learn from it, right? And the more you can be curious and always be learning, um, the more you can learn and grow as a person and as a business and you don't have to look at your failure as um or at least your failure in somebody else's eyes as tied to your self-worth and and get you down so josh what do you do when you are wallowing and like you've thought about this what are some of your i guess coping mechanisms yeah so one thing like i mentioned so if like it often sits in the pit of my stomach, right? Like, oh, why Why do I just feel like I've been kicked in the stomach or just about to be? Um, which, So it's either like the thought cycles create the physical or the physical reminds me of the thought cycles and gets me back into it. So either way, they perpetuate each other. And like, not to get too woo-woo uh, on you, but there's like psychology behind some of these things um, where... If you name what the negative emotion is, like if you give it a name and you recognize, like kind of like you talk to yourself for a second, like what what is this pain in my stomach? Like, oh, right, I'm feeling very anxious over this client who's supposed to call me back and it might be a negative thing, right? Or something like that. Um, and just having that little conversation with yourself where you go, I'm feeling anxious because of this uh, takes away some of its power in a lot of ways. It's never been for me anyway. It's never been like an overnight fix. Like, okay, I named it. I'm moving on. I'm done. But it definitely weakens the hold on me. And then also naming where that is in your body. Like, where are you holding that? Because I think most people have a physical reaction to stress and anxiety and 
um, it's helpful to be like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling anxious because of X, Y, and Z, and I'm feeling it here, you know? And if you have a moment, you know, take a few deep breaths of like meditation and just focus on that spot in your body and just like send healing thoughts that way. That's like as woo-woo as I'm going to get, but I do agree with it. I fully subscribe to it. Um, and I think it really helps. So it's, it's getting that, that mind that's just cycling constantly and your body reconnected again, even if just for a few moments, um, can really have a huge effect on, on stopping the cycle. And the other thing I do, depending on, you know, situation where I am in the middle of the day, et cetera, and honestly, what the negative emotion is and how much it's got a hold of me, uh, I find the thing that helps me more than anything else is exercise. That's because, like, I can't sit there and tell myself, just be positive, Josh. It'll be fine. That never freaking works, right? (laughs) But um, so if you can totally just distract your mind with something completely different, um, which is instead of sitting and thinking and ruminating about how awful something is, um, getting up and moving, again, it's a different way. And I think for me, at least a more effective way of connecting the mind and the body back on just simple task. All we're doing is push-ups, or all we're doing is going for a run, or all we're doing is whatever. And that kind of breaks the cycle enough that, you know, your mind's going to come back to it, but it's not going to be like cranking up the the gear of, of how it is. got to start all over again, which is like much looser and much less power over you. Definitely. Yeah, I think my, my two releases for that, definitely running, um, preferably with some type of water view or like mountain view just so that I have like something to look at while I'm doing it. Um, nature. Nature. Yeah. And acupuncture, which it's not immediate usually. So I'll typically get like acu once a week or once every other week. And mm-hmm. that just helps to like help me decompress. And again, like you said, sending positive thoughts to different parts of your body. I actually did that when I was healing from a car accident earlier this year. And that was huge, super impactful. But with the acupuncture, you're kind of aligning that like nerve flow with the different needles. So it kind of does that for you without thinking, which is super nice because then you can like sleep or just like get into this like beta wave state and just be super mellow. Um, And that really helps to reduce anxiety and relax as well. So those are kind of, those are my two go-tos. Yeah, totally agree. The other thing I look at um, if I can't, do either of those two things, I've already done those two things, um, is just take a step back and question everything you're telling yourself. Because often we tell ourselves a story, and often we tell ourselves a story to protect our lizard brain. So we're um, we're we're looking at the worst, right? And and the more often you look at the worst possible outcome as inevitable, the more well worn those tracks in the brain are and the easier it is for you to do. So take a step back and think, is that the only possible outcome here? Like if it's something, for instance, that you're worrying about, like a client's going to call you back with some bad news or demand or yell at you or something like that. Like, is that the only possible outcome here? And start talking to yourself about what is, what is the best possible outcome? And Also, what is the worst possible outcome? Maybe what you're fearing is not even the worst possible thing. So like sometimes having that relativity in your story really helps. Like, oh, well, 
you know, yeah, sure, the client might be calling me back to yell at me and, and, and fire me from some gig. But also, the worst thing that could happen is the client calls me back and sues me and wins in court and takes away everything I own and disperses my name and nobody ever wants to work with me again. And all my clients fire me. Like going down this path, as like preposterous as it might sound, given whatever situation you're talking about, um, really can help you go. But relative to that, them calling me back and, and firing me is no big deal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, um, but then also reminding yourself that they could also call you back and and say, um, great, this worked out really great. We want to continue with the next step, which is whatever this big whatever thing is next in your business. And that is just as possible as any negative thing you're worrying about. So um, as long as you're like preparing yourself for all the outcomes, then whatever happens, I think you're more prepared to deal with it on the spot too, which is super helpful. I don't know about you, but when I get text messages, they can, I feel like they can always be misconstrued. So if someone's like, oh, mm -hmm. I want to talk, I'm like, uh, and then I get the like turning in the pit of my stomach and it's miserable. Honestly, just text them back. If it gives you the same emotion that it gives me, just text them back. Just be like, hey, um, I only have 15 minutes. Can you give me like three brief points? I've never done this, but I feel like I should. But like give me three brief points so that your mind can like be taken away from it. Or you at least are prepared for whatever they want to talk about. That could be a really good way to do it. Or just do what Josh just did and calm yourself down first before you give them a call so that you can prepare for the absolute best and the absolute worst. And it'll probably be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I find too that um, getting out ahead of whatever it is and, and attacking it pretty quickly is, is the best. Like I, I've definitely learned about myself. If I get like a text like that and I know it's going to be the worst thing ever, if I um, instantly call them, then my body's already gearing up for a fight that doesn't necessarily exist, right? And if I'm coming to the phone call with that energy, um, then I'm setting the pace for a thing that might not even be happening from the client's end, right? So for me, I, I definitely need like at least half an hour, maybe an hour to um, do something else if I'm doing something else or whatever, but let my brain kind of percolate in the background on like, how I'm going to handle that. And I'm not necessarily going to handle that any differently, but versus calling them right away and getting that fight or flight response in my veins. If I call them in an hour or in a couple hours or in a day, depending on the situation, I can handle that much more calmly. And I can come to the table having thought like, you know, they might be calling with some bad news or being upset with me, but I'll handle it this way and that'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and having, being able to be calm on the phone with that kind of stuff is great. The problem with me knowing that about myself, like the longer I wait, the more calm I can handle it, is that sometimes I push myself the other direction way too much. And like, I'll wait days, but then it'll be eating at me for days, right? And, and I always find that um, being on the other end of a difficult conversation is always so much better than days of anxiety and that pit in your stomach feeling, you know, definitely. So I, I just think don't go rushing into battle right away, but also don't delay it and worry about it and fight with them in your mind over and over again for days. Cause that's also just like so taxing and you could be doing other things. Definitely. So let's dive into some of the ways to overcome the fear of failure. 
this is one of my favorites to see it as a challenge because it's going to make you grow. Like I said earlier, it's going to help you grow. You'll learn from it. You'll be a better person potentially from it. But I think growing and seeing a negative and turning it into a learning situation is probably the best thing you can possibly do. Yeah. You're also way more likely to succeed if you view it as a challenge um, because you kind of gear up for it in a positive way. Like, this is going to be hard, but I can do this, right? Versus the fear of failure, which is usually you viewing your upcoming event as a threat, which is, again, triggering your fight or flight response, which is generally not good. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, so I've had events, because you just mentioned events. So I think I've had events in the past where I've seen them as a challenge, but I haven't been super stoked about it. So I think finding the balance between Yes, it needs to be a challenge. I wasn't necessarily scared of that event, but if your heart isn't fully in it, it's going to show. Yeah. So think of that when you're approaching different tasks that you're doing as well. Whatever it whatever it may be, if your heart's not fully in it, it's definitely going to show through. Yeah, totally agree. The next part of seeing it as a challenge is if you see it as a challenge, kind of like a professional athlete might see their next game as a challenge, like... I'm going to prepare for this, blah, blah. Like if you visualize your success in that challenge, again, this might seem woo-woo, but so much research is done on this. Like it really works. Um, It's the same kind of crap. Like if I'm uh, like crap, I don't know why I say crap. It's the same kind of crap that if you, um, if I'm like learning to play something on the piano one night and I'm just struggling to get it and get my fingers to do the right thing. Right. And then I go to sleep. And I kind of like, I'm still thinking about it while I go to sleep and then I sleep and then I wake up like the neural pathways in your brain have a chance to reconnect. And the next morning I can play that thing that I was struggling with all night so much easier than I could the night before. Um, So it's the same kind of thing happens if, if athletes and any of us really just sit down and visualize in excruciating detail as best we can how this event is going to go and how it's going to go very positively for us. It's, it's very, it's that much more likely to happen. It's so funny. You gave that example of like sleeping on something. So like two weeks ago, I was trying to learn one through 10 in German because we're moving there. So I feel like I need to know the language and I could not get it for the life of me when I was doing it and like working on Babel like that evening, the next morning I was like running and talking to my friend. It was like, dude, the numbers were so rough. She's like, okay, let me hear what you got. Dude, I went from zero to 10 like that. Didn't even think of it, but I struggled so much with it the night before. So be kind to yourself. Um, just see yourself and visualize yourself being able to do it, speak a language fluently, play the piano effortlessly, uh, create whatever you're creating fluidly, effortlessly, and it'll happen. Um, I think we've given this example in the past, but um, What's his name? Jim Carrey wrote himself like a million dollar check and had a date on it. And then in like three or four years, that's when he got cast for Dumb and Dumber. And like within days of like the date that he ended up writing on that check, he ended up being able to actually write himself a check for a million dollars or something along those lines. So it's the visualization aspect of it, whether you think it's super woo or not. If you think it's woo woo, it's not going to work for you. If you if you actually put some effort into it, it's extremely powerful. 
Actually, I would disagree. I would think if you think it's woo-woo, it will still work for you as long as you actually sit down and in excruciating detail think about how you're going to succeed. Now, if you think it's woo-woo and you half-assed it and you don't do it, not going to work for you. Yeah, okay. That's better. <laughs> it's like a it's like a slow version of uh, Neo in the Matrix. Like, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> it takes eight hours of sleep, but it happens. <laughs> um, so the other thing, too, is is in overcoming our fear, fear of failure is, again, like we said before, disassociate yourself from what you're trying to do because your self-worth is not tied up in whether or not you succeed at whatever you're trying to pull off this challenge that's ahead of you. But also think, think about everything you do in the point of view. We've mentioned this on the podcast before, but from the point of view of like a researcher or a scientist, like if you fail at something, that's an opportunity to learn and grow. And if you can stop and go, huh, that didn't work. That's interesting. Why not? And question why it didn't work, what went wrong, and find a way to learn and grow so that next time it's better. In a lot of ways, that's a success. That's a long-term success, right? And there's nothing to be down about that. Like in science, they're testing all the time trying to, like right now, they're testing trying to find the uh, vaccine for us with this COVID-19 stuff, right? And every time they make a vaccine that doesn't work, they know, hey, that doesn't work. Like, we can move on. And that that's a much better attitude than if, if the people who are doing that very important work right now were like, we kind of want to be when we're not actively overcoming fa- fear of failure and being resilient, then they would go, oh, that didn't work. I'm going to get a tub of ice cream and take the rest of the day off. <laughs> and like, is that... Like, given those stakes, does that sound reasonable? No, of course not, right? Not at all. <laughs> so, so like, yes, you know, maybe their stakes are higher than our stakes on any given thing, but the same rules apply. If you look at it like, huh, that didn't work. What can I learn from it? Okay, I'm going to try this next thing. Like Thomas Edison famously said, like, I, um, I learned a thousand ways not to make a light bulb before I made a light bulb. I tried uh, so many things that eventually I had to find something that worked, <laughs> you know, and, and that's resilience. Like if Thomas Edison had stopped, I'm sure somebody else would have figured it out, but like, it wouldn't have been him. You know, if you just went, Oh, I, I had this idea that like cat hair was going to do it and it didn't work. And I give up forever. <laughs> Goodbye. It'd be a few more years before we had somebody else with the, with the proper mindset to invent the light bulb. So just remember like, Failure is going to happen no matter what. Um, So see what you can learn from it. And if you can learn and grow and continue on anyway, you're going to be an overnight success in a 20-year span, (laughs) like everyone keeps saying. (laughs) So just remember to keep consistent, keep going, um, and keep learning and growing. Not every setback means like you should give up and walk away and do something else. Be a flower. Whether you're just starting out or you're several years into your business, you can probably benefit from some of the services on Fiverr. Outsource your marketing for affordable prices. Hire one of their experts to manage your social media, enhance your SEO, keep an eye on your website analytics, or even help you create a marketing strategy. The pros on Fiverr can help you with it all. 
Check out the affiliate link on the Unstuck Institute site to see how you can benefit from using Fiverr today. It's time for a recap. One, stop the negative thought cycles. Two, question everything. Will it really be that bad? Three, overcome fear of failure. And just like that, we'll be back next week. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. Remember to follow us on the gram. That's Instagram for your old folks at unstuck.institute. And if you love our podcast, would you please help us out? Write a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on the Overcast player, please click that little star next to the episode. That really helps us out a lot. For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking about changing as you go. Do not judge me by my success. Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up again. Nelson Mandela. God damn it. <laughs>